Welcome to the First Take Podcast with Simon King and myself, Matt Dennis. On this week's episode, we discuss what the emergence of the Omicron variant mean for COVID-19 vaccines, how are GlaxoSmithKline and Sanofi playing catch-up in the vaccines market, and what next for Merck & Co's COVID-19 antiviral Molnupiravir after a close-run advisory committee vote. Please like and subscribe, and thanks for listening. So you may have heard there's a new COVID-19 variant doing the rounds, now known as Omicron. This particular variant, which was first identified in South Africa, has a particularly large constellation of mutations. And this has prompted experts to suggest that in a worst case scenario, it may spread more quickly and may result in current vaccines being less effective. Do we have any idea potentially how less effective they may be? Well, in short, no. Uh, We should learn more about the variant and have a better understanding of its characteristics in terms of transmissibility and whether it's associated with typically more severe or indeed more milder disease in the next couple of weeks. And in the same time frame, and perhaps even a bit sooner, we should also hopefully get a better understanding of how well current vaccine efficacy holds up in terms of symptomatic infections, Um, possible breakthrough infections and severe disease. But there were a few alarm bells earlier this week when the Moderna CEO, Stefan Bansell, suggested that Omicron could actually cause a material decline in the effectiveness of current vaccines. Does that seem a little presumptuous, though, given the the broader narrative around this variant, which is we, we just don't know enough about it yet? Well, yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment, particularly as executives from other companies which have developed COVID-19 vaccines, um, particularly the CEO of BioNTech, have said it's too soon to make these assumptions, particularly in relation to the effectiveness of current vaccines protecting against severe disease. I think the other thing that Bansell's comments speak to is the suggestion that if vaccine effectiveness were to meaningfully drop, then those companies like Moderna with messenger RNA vaccines could probably adapt these relatively quickly and have them in production for next year. That in itself will bring bring about some challenges and some question marks in terms of, you know, maybe the clinical studies that are needed to to, to secure approval. But it certainly uh, seems to be the way that things are going. And I think generally events over the past week or so um, with the emergence of Omicron, and we've previously seen this with with the Delta variant back in the summer, they kind of enhance the status of these messenger RNA vaccines because, you know, they are seen as being adaptable. And it was also interesting earlier today, the Pfizer CEO was quoted as saying that, you know, everything at the moment is really pointing towards um, most people perhaps needing an annual COVID-19 vaccine. I think until, you know, we know more, the emphasis really seems to be getting as many people as possible to have a third booster shot. Certainly here in the UK, that's now the initiative with the aim of getting everyone who's already had two doses to have a third dose by the end of January. You know, the irony of the the push to get more boosters into the arms of people in developed countries, with many experts suggesting that, you know, this new variant is likely a consequence of global vaccine inequality, is sadly, you know, rather obvious, however. 
we also had other updates in the vaccine space this week from some um, you know big players, uh, GSK and Sanofi. Yeah, so away from the pandemic itself was the very notable hire of Pfizer's Phil Dormitzer by GSK to head up its global vaccines R&D efforts. Um, Phil Dormitzer, you know, reportedly played a significant role in the development of the Pfizer and BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. So I think, you know, his appointment is quite a coup for GSK. And obviously the bigger picture here is the fact that Glaxo like Sanofi, like Merck, which are the other big established vaccine players, has so far played no you know, meaningful role in tackling the pandemic with a vaccine of its own. And I think perhaps you know, as significant is the fact that Pfizer and Moderna have you know, stolen a march in the messenger RNA space. So I think GSK moving to hire uh, someone like Dormitz uh, is another step in the company's strategy to sort of compensate for this. What I would caveat is the fact that you know, GSK has made some really great hires on paper in the last few years. Um, Hal Barron coming in to head up its pharma R&D team is the obvious example, but this hasn't really so far led to a significant upturn in the company's fortunes. So it's going to be fascinating to watch, um, you know, what happens with its with its vaccines division over the next couple of years, uh, next couple of years. We also had Sanofi presenting um, at an investor uh, event this week to showcase its vaccine portfolio. You know, without going into too much detail, the main message really um, was Sanofi pushing back on the idea that the emergence of messenger RNA vaccines is a material threat to its flu vaccine business. And flu vaccines at Sanofi account for you know the, a large proportion of, it, of its total vaccine portfolio. And really, Sanofi was kind of saying, you know, the, the flu vaccines that it has established are going to be, you know, they, they've set a high bar. There's challenges in terms of moving messenger RNA into the influenza space. And they feel that they are, you know, as well positioned as their competitors to overcome those challenges. And the, the key takeaway message, I guess you'd say, from that presentation was Sanofi think that their total vaccine sales are going to double over the next decade. So, that really speaks to, I guess, uh, a post-pandemic, you know, headwind for uh, the vaccine market as a whole. Mm, interesting stuff. So, um, so if the efficacy of vaccines is you know, compromised by this or, or indeed other variants, uh, it's likely to sharpen focus on COVID-19 therapeutics, of course. Um, and there was news today that GSK and Via Biotechnology um, have said an initial analysis of their antibody drug shows it is likely to be effective against Omicron, the new variant. The other notable news this week uh, regarding therapeutics was Merck's antiviral molnupiravir. A panel of experts convened by the FDA voted this week to recommend it was granted emergency authorization, um, but obviously that vote only got through by a whisker. Yeah, so the panel voted 1310 in favour. And really, I guess the status of that drug has been damaged by the fact that, you know, just last week in the lead up to this meeting, Merck announced that a final analysis of its phase three data showed that the drug had demonstrated a 30 percent reduction in the risk of higher risk patients being hospitalized with or dying from COVID-19. And the issue here is that at an earlier interim analysis, this risk reduction was as high as 50 percent. And, and then the follow on thing really is that Merck really struggled during the ADCOM meeting to actually provide, you know, a clear understanding of why 
efficacy had dropped so dramatically. You know, there's also questions raised about the risk of the drug actually causing other COVID-19 variants to emerge. And there's a concern about use in pregnant women. You know, reading between the lines and with what the FDA has said, you know, I, I think they're not too worried about those issues because of the short term dosing of this drug. And I suspect it will be approved, but I'm not entirely sure how much it's actually going to be used. No, no. And of course, this, you know, that's also due to another antiviral from Pfizer, um, which has demonstrated much more impressive efficacy. Um, at the interim analysis, it showed um, an 89% risk reduction. Yeah, so this drug, which will be branded as Paxlovid, is also under review for emergency use authorization. You know, and one of the interesting things is it looks like the FDA is confident enough in its understanding of the drug to not convene, as I'm aware at the moment, an ADCOM uh, meeting where they're going to get outside experts to come in and kind of scrutinise the drug and its data. You know, it's important that Merck got a positive ADCOM vote this week purely from a balance sheet perspective because the US government's already committed to spending a few billion dollars on that drug. But ultimately, I think assuming that the Pfizer data hold up, it's safe to assume that Paxlovid is going to be a much more widely used and, and importantly, an oral antiviral drug. You know, and, and the big picture here is, you know, it means that Pfizer's on track to dominate arguably both the COVID-19 vaccine and therapeutics markets to the tune of tens of billions of dollars each year. The key question is how sustainable or durable is this revenue stream? Right now, today, with the emergence of a new variant, it perhaps feels more durable than it did a week ago. 